you're probably going to want to full screen this video to get the most out of this. So the title of this book, it's a Bible from the 1615. The genealogies recorded in the sacred scriptures according to every family and tribe with the line of our Savior, Jesus Christ, observed from Adam to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So here it starts out with Adam and Eve in the garden. And just to show you here the genealogy, you have your two pillars, sun and the moon, Adam and Eve are the two pillars with God in the middle. Just, just saying. Anyway, back to the book. So it starts there with God, Adam and Eve, and then so forth. And then it really goes child by child. And on the left there, it's hard, again, it's hard to see, but it's the boat of Noah sitting on top of Mount Ararat with, and then the tree above that was all of Noah's children and descendants in Asia. You know, and it goes from there. And then these are, again, each child and their descendants. And this goes, as it says, from Adam and Eve, uh, traces to Joseph and Mary, and then obviously to Jesus. You know, and again, it's it's beautifully done. Obviously all hand done from 1615. And there's going to be some other things in here that aren't included that I found in your everyday Bible you can buy today. You know, whether they've been taken out through time for one reason or another, you know, that's up to you to decide. But again, it's, it, I'll put the link to this whole thing and you can spend hours and hours going through all of this. And you can see there's little boxes with captions and descriptions here and there that the author put in. And yeah, it's fantastically done. And I'm going to show you some pictures in the act that they used to illustrate the actual text. There's not a lot of them that I saw. Um, again, I didn't go through the whole thing here. The whole Bible, that is, here. And it's it's written very difficult where the Fs are Ss and the Us are Vs and there's extra Es and a lot of... It's, it's you know, 16th or uh, 1600s English writing. It's, it's not at all English of today. So then there, this is the last page here, the genealogy, Adam, I'm sorry, uh, Joseph, Mary, and then Jesus Christ is in the bottom center. And then it goes on to a description of Canaan and actually shows a map. There you go, a map of Canaan, which would be the Middle East on the, on the left there. It's Egypt, you know, going up. Israel would be the most dense area. And then, you know, you know what the map of the Middle East looks like. Mediterranean Sea, obviously, on the top of the map there. And then it finishes with the description of Canaan and then uh, goes into the actual Old Testament, starting with Genesis. There you go. The Bible, the Holy Scriptures, again, beautifully illustrated. It's worth just looking at it for that. And then, it, you know, it lays out each uh, chapter of the Bible and how many, or each book of the Bible and how many chapters it has. And then if you look right in the middle there, it says the book's called Apocrypha. And there's 10 books that are not included in today's Bible that I've been able to find anywhere. And I typed that in to Google, books called Apocrypha, and there was nothing, nothing there. So again, I'm going to try to read through those on my own. And it's very, it's very hard to read this just because it's so different. But I guess the more you read it, the easier it is. So again, this goes into Genesis here, the book of Moses, and first, the second page there, you get an illustration of the Garden of Eden. So I made that a little bigger for you to see here. 
And it looks like this would be in what is Iraq today. Uh, Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Uh, Kuwait would be there, uh, kind of on the bottom of the page there. And then the Persian Gulf um, would be there. So according to this, at least, the Garden of Eden was in Iraq. So I went to the RSOE map here. Um, I'll turn the labels on just to show you exactly what's going on. See Syria, Iraq, Kuwait. So if you follow my cursor here, that's where the Euphrates starts. Uh, the Euphrates River. And that right there is where the Tigris River starts. So I'll switch back to this map. And you can see up here, again, that's where the Euphrates starts. And that's where the Tigris starts. And you can see them go... Uh, kind of when men their way down there. So again, Euphrates and Tigris, and where they meet, where they almost come together there, which you can see on the map here. Again, that's right where Babylon would be. So I know there's been kind of differing opinions where that is, and it would be according to this map right there. And I'll turn the labels on for you, and that's pretty much where Baghdad is. That whole area right there where the two rivers kind of spill out into the desert here would, according to this, be your Garden of Eden. Kind of interesting. So I'm going to zoom in a little bit here. And you can see that would be the, if there's going to be a garden anywhere in the desert, that's it. <laughs> right there. And again, that's the Persian Gulf. And where the Tigris and Euphrates split and empty into the Gulf. You can see right down there. That's Kuwait, and that's that. So, according to this map, this Bible, there's your Garden of Eden. So, again, going a little further, a couple pages, just to show you some more illustrations that they have in here. Again, really, really well done stuff based on, you know, the dimensions of, of what's given in the text and the descriptions of what's given in the text here. Again, another page with a couple more illustrations and then onto that book of Apocrypha, just really quickly, um, it's not really the main part of this. After I read it, I might, I'll probably do another video on that if I get around to reading it. Um, and then again, it goes into the New Testament right after the book of Apocrypha, books of Apocrypha. And I'll zoom in on this map here. So this would be where Jesus kind of did his thing, according to the New Testament, that is. So again, you got the Mediterranean Sea, and this would be kind of Israel proper. You know, again, I full screen it again to get the best view of it. And those numbers on the sides, there's like a, it's kind of like a, a key underneath this picture, which I didn't take a screenshot of, with, you know, uh, verse and chapter, or chapter and verse of what, you know, would be going on in that area in a direction of the map to see exactly where it was. Really, really helpful. But this is what I want to get into here. I'm going to spend the rest of the video on this. The Order of Time. Really the full title is The Order of Time, whereunto the contents of this book are to be referred. And when it says this book, it's referring to the book of Revelations. This page is directly before the book of Revelations. So it's kind of like a cheat sheet. And I'm going to zoom in onto it and actually read it. All right, so the first thing I want you to pay attention to is on the left 
margin, it says the year of Christ. The year 1, the year 34, the year 67, and which goes to the text on the right. So just as kind of a marker. So in year 1, uh, it says the dragon, which is Satan, watch the, watches the church of the Jews, which was ready to prevail. She bringeth forth, fleeth, and hideth herself, whilst Christ was yet upon the earth. Right? The dragon persecutest Christ, ascending unto heaven. He fightest and is thrown down, and after persecutest the church of the Jews. So year 34 would be the crucifixion. Year 67, the church of the Jews is received into the wilderness for three years and a half. All right, so from year 67, you go to year 70. When the church of the Jews was overthrown, the dragon invaded the Catholic church. All this is in the 12th chapter, which again is the 12th chapter of Revelations. Like I said, it's kind of a cheat sheet. The dragon is bound for 1,000 years, chapter 20. The dragon raiseth up the beast with seven heads, and the beast with two heads, which make havoc of the church Catholic. And it says Catholic, Catholic. And her prophets for 1,260 years after the Passion of the Christ, chapters 13 and 11. Now, year 97. The seven churches are admonished of things present, somewhat before the end of dominion his reign, and are forewarned of the persecution to come under train for ten years. Chapters 2 and 3. It says, God by his word and signs provoketh the world and sealeth the godly. Chapters 6 and 7. He showeth forth exemplars of his wrath upon all creatures, mankind excepted. Chapter 8. And now the year... 1073. The dragon is let loose after 1,000 years, and Gregory Seventh, being Pope, rageth against Henry III, then Emperor. Chapter 20. So again, it said the dragon is bound for 1,000 years in year 70, and in year 1073, the dragon is let loose. Now in 1217... Uh, the dragon vexeth the world for 150 years unto Gregory the Ninth, who writ the Decretals and most cruelly persecuted the Emperor Frederick the Second. So Gregory the Ninth is the Pope. So the dragon by both both beasts persecuteth the Church and putteth the godly to death. Chapter nine. All right, so now the year 1295, the dragon killeth the prophets after 1,260 years when Boniface VIII was Pope, who was the author of the fixed book of the Decretals. He excommunicated Philip, the French king. Boniface celebrateth the Jubilee. 1300. About this time was a great earthquake, which overthrew many houses in Rome. And I'm going to contend that that is the August 8th, 1303, magnitude approximately 8 
earthquake that happened in Greece. You can see it triggered a major tsunami that devastated Alexandria in Egypt. And a magnitude 8 earthquake in Greece would certainly have been felt in Rome. And that's year 1303, which again fits right in what this guy's saying. Alright, so he had that at year 1300, so I might have to push back the other years, but I'll just say what it has here. So 1301, prophecy ceased for three years and a half until Benedict II succeeded after Boniface VIII. Prophecy is reunited. Chapter 11. 1305, the dragon and the two beasts open prophecy. Chapter 13, Christ defendeth his church in word and deed. And again, now these have no years. So this would be after his writing. All right, so these, according to this, these three things have not yet come to pass in 1615. Christ defendeth his church in word and deed. Chapter 14, with threats and arms. Chapter 15, with singular judgments, chapter 16. Christ giveth his church victory over the harlot, chapter 17 and 18. Over the two beasts, chapter 19. Over the dragon and death, chapter 20. The church is fully glorified in heaven with external glory in Jesus Christ, chapters 21 and 23. So I thought that it was interesting. thought it was worth sharing this kind of cheat sheet here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll put the link to all of this and I'll put the page numbers, the, the major page numbers in the description because it's hard to get to them. You actually have to type it in the, the URL bar. It'll say like this, for example, is page 1037. So go, you see N 1037. You can kind of tab back and forth that way. It's, it's a lot easier to do. Um, so I hope you found this interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very cool what used to be in a Bible. And I'm not saying this is your standard run-of-the-mill Bible that you'd get, but at least, you know, it was kind of knowledge, you know, it is known at the time. Like, this was what they thought, anyway, what, what Catholics or Christians thought. And that's kind of been lost through time, so that was interesting when I found this. All right, thanks for watching.